Rosie Jimenez died in 1977 from an illegal abortion. She was 27 years old, a mother, a student, and six months away from graduating college, her and her daughter's ticket out of poverty. Rosie found herself pregnant and went to a doctor in her hometown of McAllen, Texas for an abortion and was denied the service. Her insurance, Medicaid, would no longer cover the procedure because of the very recent passing of the Hyde Amendment. Ever resourceful, Rosie went to Mexico for a cheap and illegal abortion. She arrived back home bleeding and cramping, and she went to the hospital and died seven days later from septic shock. She had a $700 scholarship check in her purse upon her death. In 1973, four years before Rosie's death, the United States Supreme Court handed down its landmark decision in Roe v. Wade. The court said that the 14th Amendment guaranteed a right to privacy, and that right is broad enough to encompass a woman's decision whether or not to terminate her pregnancy. It's important to note that the court did not find that a woman's right to choose was absolute, noting that states have increasing degrees of compelling interest as the pregnancy progresses. Roe did not guarantee access to abortion, it only established boundaries as to how and when states could impose restrictions. Medicaid, a social health care program for families and individuals with limited incomes, began covering the procedure, recognizing it as standard medical care. It was covered just like x-rays and ambulance rides. This Medicaid coverage proved to be essential in allowing poor women a choice in how to plan their lives. About a third of all abortions between 1973 and 1976 were paid for by Medicaid. No surprise, following Roe, anti-choice politicians launched into action. And in 1976, and for every year since, Congress has passed the most successful and most famous of these bills, the Hyde Amendment. Simply put, the Hyde Amendment bars federal funds from paying for abortion. The Hyde Amendment was so named for its original sponsor, longtime Congressman Henry J. Hyde, a Republican from Illinois. Hyde, who said, I would certainly like to prevent, if I could legally, anybody having an abortion. A rich woman, a middle class woman, a poor woman. Unfortunately, the only vehicle available is the Medicaid bill. Hurting poor women, often women of color, was not an accident. It was not an unfortunate side effect of an otherwise well-intentioned bill. From its very inception, the Hyde Amendment was about hurting poor women, making their lives harder, and denying them the choice protected by Roe and made a reality by Medicaid. The Hyde Amendment is a rider bill, which means it has to be passed each year attached to another bill. Each year, it is attached to the annual appropriations bill, and it passes with little to no fanfare. Under every Congress, under every president, Republican or Democrat, it doesn't matter. In 2009, President Obama signed the executive order to retain the Hyde Amendment restriction under the Affordable Care Act. No doubt it was a compromise to get the Senate Republicans to pass the Affordable Care Act, but this explicit exclusion continues to normalize the idea that abortion is somehow not medical care. Despite the order being signed in a small ceremony with no press, 
President Obama went on to say, I'm pro-choice, but I think we also have the tradition in this town, historically, of not financing abortions as part of government-funded health care. Mr. President, I can think of a few other things that we use the good old tradition and history line on that we've since recognized as pretty horrible and unjust. Slavery, women voting, marriage equality. Abortion is something that directly impacts one out of three American women. This is important. Locally, an abortion at seven to 11 weeks gestation is $550. It's $775 at 16 weeks. Women sell belongings, go hungry, and risk eviction to try and come up with the money to pay for an abortion. Remember Rosie? She had to choose between finishing her education and a legal safe abortion, and it cost her her life. Money earmarked for basic living expenses is saved up, and sometimes it's just not enough. In the short term, and when you're living in poverty, you can really only think in short term, it's cheaper to just continue the pregnancy. Up to 33% of pregnant women who qualify for Medicaid end up carrying pregnancies to term as a direct result of being unable to pay for an abortion. The passage of the Hyde Amendment each year legitimizes the anti-choice belief that abortion is not medical care. Abortion is constantly made to stand out like some kind of exception. It is the only medical procedure flat out banned by the federal Medicaid program. While Medicaid is supposed to at least cover abortions in cases of rape, incest, and when the woman's life is in danger, states still find ways around this. For example, Iowa requires that the governor personally sign off on every abortion paid for by Medicaid. In South Dakota, Medicaid only covers abortions to save the woman's life, in clear violation of federal law. And don't think other states don't have some sly ways to get out of having to reimburse for abortions. Only reimbursing for abortions that happen in hospitals and requiring police reports for rape or incest. There are all kinds of ways to make the burden on the woman and on the abortion providers heavier and heavier. When the Hyde Amendment came to Congress, Senator Edward Brooke, a Republican from Massachusetts, said, if we now restrict or ban Medicaid funding for abortions, our government will accomplish for poor women indirectly what the 1973 Supreme Court opinion expressly forbade it to do directly. A right without access is no right at all. Perhaps you're wondering how the Hyde Amendment is even legal. Well, it is. The highest court in the land ruled it so in 1980 in Harris v. McRae where five of nine judges, a very slim margin, basically said that because it wasn't the government's fault that a woman is poor, she doesn't have a constitutional entitlement to financial resources. And this quote, which is taken directly from the decision, although government may not place obstacles in the path of a woman's exercise of her freedom of choice, it need not remove those not of its own creation and indigency falls within the latter category. So, message received. It's totally all your own fault for being poor. Are you exhausted yet? Because I'm pretty tired. <laughs> I 
Justice Marshall, whom I quoted earlier, also said in his dissent of Harris, that the law was designed to deprive poor and minority women of the constitutional right to choose abortion. Justice Marshall knew exactly what was going on, and those who created and backed the Hyde Amendment also knew exactly what they were doing. The Hyde Amendment is sexist and classist, and it's racist. The unintended pregnancy rate is 137 times higher for the poorest women in America compared to the richest. It's not a surprise to hear that minority women are more likely to live in poverty, about 25% of blacks and Latinas versus 10% for white women. Nearly 40% of African American women and Latina women rely on government-based health care programs compared to about 30% for white women. That's a lot of women being denied a choice in their medical care and in their future. As I researched for the sermon, the more and more enraged I got. Up till very recently, maybe within the last year, I thought the Hyde Amendment was an acceptable thing. Abortion is a hot-button topic. This is one way not to fuel the flames. When someone wants to go on about, I don't want to pay for someone else's abortion, you can say, hey buddy, Hyde Amendment. Your tax dollars aren't paying for abortion. But you know what? Tough. Federal funds are used to pay for war. Federal funds are used to subsidize questionable farming practices that include the torture of animals on factory farms. The federal government bailed out banks and car makers. We pay for prisons. We pay more than $80 billion a year to prisons. And I don't know about you, but it violates my deeply held religious beliefs to incarcerate nonviolent criminals at a rate that is having very real consequences to a very specific skin color. Guess what? Not everyone agrees on how every tax dollar is spent. We live with it, we fight against it, we fight within it, but we continue to pay for it, don't we? Why is abortion a medical service that solely impacts those of us with a uterus an exception. For me, the issue hits on every single principle of my religion, Unitarian Universalism. When people, some of whom I'm very close to, want to know why I feel so strongly about this, why I have to give a sermon like this, why I have to go out and protest this, I'm reminded of this quote. Someone once asked me, why do you always insist on taking the hard road? And I replied, why do you assume I see two roads? If I don't get to say what happens to my body when there is a really, very real choice available, it's just so fundamental to me. A friend of mine who's doing sound right now and volunteers as a clinic escort, he likes to point out that our society already recognizes bodily autonomy. We don't make you give a kidney to a sick person against your will. If you want to protect life, be an organ donor, donate blood, get on the bone marrow registry, foster a child, fight for paid parental leave, affordable childcare, safe neighborhoods, and great schools. There's a lot of wonderful ways to support life, and restricting reproductive choice is not one of them. I did a sermon in September 2014 entitled, I Know the War on Women is Real, and I said the following, and it bears repeating. 
I know the war on women is real because pro-life extremists have killed eight abortion providers, escorts, and staff since 1993. There have also been 17 attempted murders, 383 death threats, 153 incidences of assault or battery, and three kidnappings. At clinics, 41 bombings, 173 arsons, 91 attempted bombings or arsons, 619 bomb threats, more than 1,600 incidences of trespassing, more than 1,200 incidences of vandalism, and 100 attacks with butyric acid. These are just incidences that are recorded because not every local police department is eager to help the neighborhood abortion clinic. This does not include any incidences from 2015, including the November shooting that left three people dead at a Colorado Springs Planned Parenthood. When bills like the Hyde Amendment and other overbearing abortion restrictions normalize abortion as a procedure outside of medical care, make no mistake that they are also supporting these acts of violence. So now that we're all pissed off, what do we do? Understand the fight we are in for reproductive justice. Read, research, arm yourself with knowledge and facts. I only have so much time, and I've really only hit the surface of this. Read the court cases, read the articles, the stories, the bills, the laws. This is huge. And when you've decided to be vocal and visible, people will come to you for information. Be ready to give it. Fight for what you really want. Write to members of Congress and Senate and tell them that you want them to support the Each Woman Act, which would provide equal access to abortion coverage. Make sure you write a lot of them, not just our local representatives, because they may not listen. But do write our local representatives and do write our state Congress members and write our new governor. Tell them that you want the state to cover abortions under Medicaid because states can choose to do so, and 17 states do. Check out the Repeal Hyde Art Project. I included examples of the art in your orders of service. They have some very cool grassroots campaign going on right now. We have representatives from the Shreveport Bossier's National Organization for Women and staff from the Hope Clinic in the foyer after the service. Be sure to talk with them. As Dr. George Tiller, an abortion provider who was killed at his church on a Sunday morning said, this battle is about self-determination of women over the direction and course of their lives. Abortion is about women's hopes and dreams. Abortion is a matter of survival. So get involved. We have things to do. There are lives that depend on it. Thank you.